This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I am going to talk about a uh, topic that was requested in my Facebook group where we talk about different topics about relationships, etc., away from uh, the eyes of friends and family. It's a private group if you want to join. That's $4.99 a month. Um, and uh, you don't get the podcast in there, though. You get the podcast from subscribing, which you should do. So that's my next usual thing is to tell you to subscribe so that you get all the extra podcasts. I think now there's 36 extras and more coming all the time. So in today's uh, reader or uh, group member requested episode, I am going to talk about what to do when your partner can't get it up. So a woman, you know, asked and many women chimed in that they are reluctant to um, point this out when somebody, you know, when their male partner can't get hard because they think it'll really hurt his feelings. Are you supposed to bring it up? Like, what if it happens over and over as people age? Are you supposed to ask about Viagra, etc.? Like, what are you supposed to do? So first, we're going to turn to why this happens. It's totally normal, usually, and um, then how to react to it in a way that keeps the relationship and the sex life on track. So first of all, like, um, this happens, you know, I mean, plenty of guys lose their erection for various reasons, uh, especially when you're not, you know, 20 years old anymore. And some common ones include being nervous, being stressed, being uh, really tired, just any sort of like assault on the body, like when you're really stressed out, depressed, anything like that. But you could just be run of the mill stress, like you could know that, you know, uh, like your your wife jumps up out of bed as soon as a kid wakes up. So if you hear a noise from the other room, from your kid's bedroom, like that your little kid is going to wake up and potentially walk over, then you may lose your erection. No shit. Or if you think that the woman is just doing it for you and she's not really in the mood and she's going to feel bad about, you know, having stayed up later and whatever when she wasn't in the mood in the first place. Like anything that makes a guy anxious can impede his ability to be fully erect, which is completely normal. It's the same as women don't get wet on a dime. You know, you got to get like relaxed and in the mood. Um, Of course, there's longer term issues like aging is going to uh, limit how hard you get when you get hard over time, especially. And also the number of times that you experience erectile dysfunction at all. And if there are any medications that you're taking, SSRIs or a big culprit or any blood pressure medications, then those can have massive uh, impact on the quality of your erection and whether you can get hard at all. Even ADHD medication, although... um, People have conflicting reports on that, but that can also be something that um, that you, some men have anecdotally reported to me messes with the quality of their erection. So what do you do as the partner? Well, first of all, as I've written in my post about sex needs to evolve when you're older, sex should not be all about the erection. You know, I mean, this is a short-sighted way to view your sex life. I mean, most women don't get off from penetration alone anyway. 
So everything being all about the penis is also going to give the man like a lot of uh, nerves, you know, because if he doesn't stay hard, then everything's gone. So I've this really dovetails with the idea that I've put out before, which is like the woman should go into uh, sexual interaction, assuming she's going to have an orgasm and wanting to have an orgasm. Now, most women don't orgasm just from intercourse anyway. So definitionally, there should still be ways to enjoy yourself with manual or oral stimulation if the man can't get hard. And frequently, if the man can't get hard, then you can just direct his hand or the rest of him to anywhere else that you want him to stimulate you so that you can get off. And once you get off, then it's a lot easier for the man to like get back uh, his get back into the game because he does not also feel like the whole thing is going to be a wash and you are going to resent having even hooked up with him in the first place because, you know, what a waste of time nobody got off. No, like this is why like it's so important for women to go into encounters teaching men how to make them come because otherwise if it's all about him getting off and you're just doing him a favor that's like a lot of pressure for um and it's not very stimulating for the man either he's not very excited because you're like barely into it so if so so then all of the the ingredients are there for him to lose his erection or for it to go in and out and wax and wane and like some women are like should you say anything like I mean, I think unless somebody there is in a coma, everybody knows what's happening. I mean, you know, like, I mean, it, it's so funny. Like, like what, like say what exactly? Like if, of course, unless it's a situation where the man is still trying to penetrate you, kind of like hoping it comes back and it's getting like weird and uncomfortable because it's not working because he's soft, then you could be like, let's, let's not do this. Let's do something else. So if it like happens over and over, then definitely be like, hey, what do you think is happening? Do you think that it's your medication if that's relevant do you think you're just anxious like what is it and like if you just say stuff in a casual loving concern kind of you know normal way like then uh, most guys are not gonna be like what nothing happened what do you mean nothing happened like that's something like a 16 year old boy would say so within the context of like a loving marriage and a connected sexual relationship the man knows he had an erectile problem he knows you know and so then if it keeps on happening or even if it just happens once you could be like hey what happened and he'll be like i don't know you could be like were you nervous and he could probably be like yeah or i'm tired or i'm stressed or whatever you know and so the practically speaking in terms of the viagra question if you would like your husband to try viagra you could ask him why not no harm no foul i mean if he wanted you to go get like a boob job he could ask you and you would probably be like fuck you you know but like people should be able to talk to one another but a lot of guys honestly might want to try it just for the hell of it like why not you know something to amplify and optimize my experience i'll try it you know honestly um from working with older couples, women are usually against the Viagra thing because when men get old enough to need Viagra, generally the women are postmenopausal. And um, when Viagra first came out, it was causing a lot of marital stress because these women were done with sex. They were like 67-year-old women. They were kind of done having a lot of sex. And um, they had gone through the vaginal atrophy of menopause, which if you don't know is when the vaginal walls get thinner and therefore it hurts to have sex. They were kind of done phasing out. They, they were happy to have 
phased out. And a lot of men came in with Viagra and the woman is like, what the fuck? Literally, I thought this was done. And so it caused a lot of um, marital dysfunction, although the erectile dysfunction was solved. So um, some women do not want the guy to get um, Viagra. But if you are still like, let's say you're in your 40s, your partner's in his 50s and he's having consistent erectile problems, why not bring it up? If you can't bring it up, something else is wrong, you know, because that's just two people spitballing, brainstorming ideas. And that needs to be what your sex life looks like, where people could talk very openly to one another about stuff. You know what I mean? Like it can't be uh, there are topics we do not talk about in this bedroom. That is a very toxic and poisonous and ultimately distancing way to view your sex life. And Practically speaking, so we already said if he loses the erection, you are going to have him do something else so that you could still get off. Of course, if you don't want to do something else and you were just, you know, doing it for him to begin with, then you may just be like, uh, do you just want to like go to sleep? And he could say yes, or he could say, well, no, and then that, you know, I'd rather you go down on me or something like that. So if you want to be a sport and do that, do that, <laughs> you know? I mean, that's pretty nice of you, especially if you weren't in the mood to begin with. And it may get you in the mood, honestly, to think of, you know, how turned on he is and like kind of what a good partner you're being. And then that could continue the interaction further. Now, remember, erections wax and wane. And if you are trying to teach somebody something, that could be another time that their erection goes away. I always tell people this just means the man is in learning mode. So if you are somebody who's trying to teach your partner how to stimulate you better during foreplay or teach him how to kiss better or teach him in any way how to be a better lover because you've been, you know, prompted by my podcast and my post to decide to take ownership of your sex life and to have some agency in creating the sex life that you want and really the lover that you want out of your partner, then he's going to lose his erection while you're like training him to have sex with you the way that you want, you know, because he's learning. He can't like both be in it to win it and learning. He's in learning mode and his erection will come back probably later. Also, key point, as men are not like 20 years old anymore, they need you to actually touch their penis in order for them to get stimulated. It doesn't just rise up like, you know, the sun every morning. Like, I mean, they like that isn't a good analogy because they probably will still have a morning erection. But the point is during sex, like it's not just going to be there like, you know, Mount Rushmore like it used to be when you were young. You will have to like engage with it. So if that's like terribly upsetting, then, you know, you can't be with a man who ages and you'll just have to cycle through a bunch of 20 year olds. And if that does not sound appealing, then you got to learn to be with like an adult man, which means that as they age, you're going to have to give some more stimulation, do some more things that are potentially exciting. For many men, just the idea of you even touching their penis for longer than it takes to insert it into your body would be exciting, given the state of many people's monogamous sex lives. So you do have to engage with it in order for it to stay hard most of the time. And if you uh, do not think this is true, I really cannot imagine a man in the world who would not tell you that it is going to go a lot better for him if you touch his penis. Except, of course, for the men who suffer from premature ejaculation. Now, if that is the case, then there are ways around that. And you can, in fact, learn a lot of techniques for helping premature ejaculation, although that's kind of the opposite of what we're talking about. About, but ironically, they go hand in hand frequently. There could be erectile dysfunction, then premature ejaculation, because a lot of this stuff is very mental, and both of those just mean the guy's real nervous. So, um, 
So there's, uh, what the hell is it called? The Multi-Orgasmic Man is one book that teaches, basically these books teach you how to kind of stop and start um, stimulation as a man so you can incrementally get used to the amount of stimulation of intercourse and last longer because you um, build up to it versus um, a lot of guys who just, who have a very strong masturbation history, they were used to just like jerking off as fast as they could when they were younger and then they kind of get themselves used to that idea um, and they can't last and then that becomes this vicious feedback loop because uh, they get nervous about not lasting and then they go off even quicker etc etc and you can even incorporate your wife in some of the stop and start techniques if you're a man who suffers from premature ejaculation and teach her how to touch you and then stop and touch you and then stop because probably she's a little bit invested in you not having premature ejaculation problems as well and that isn't her favorite thing in the world but again like when we talk about these things and like honestly a lot of the benefit of of therapy that is geared towards sex and couples is that uh like I talk about these things or hopefully your therapist does in a way that's just like whatever like no shame shit happens sometimes you don't always have an erection sometimes as a woman you're not wet sometimes nobody's excited sometimes the whole thing seems like an exercise and awkwardness you know because both people are tired and the kids are going to wake up and whatever and she's not at the right point in her menstrual cycle and he's just gone on Zoloft or whatever the case may be but you need to be able to talk about things openly and hopefully even if you're not my client you are getting that from listening to these podcasts even more than the posts because there's just a matter of factness that you need to have around your sex life as an adult you know as a partnered adult you need to be able to talk about sex the way that you would talk about any other aspect of your life you know and say like I think we should do it like this or move somebody to do something like this or that you know and be just as kind of direct as you would be in any other aspect So like you might say, so many women can say to a guy, I don't like where you took me for date night. It wasn't romantic. But then they can say, literally, you have never given me an orgasm from going down on me in 25 years. Like, why do you think that it works? (laughs) And of course, the answer to that rhetorical question is because you're making them think that it worked because like you won't say that it doesn't work. So in with with erectile dysfunction with premature ejaculation with any sort of female sexual dysfunction anything the key is communication open-mindedness and in this one it's just like oh i noticed there's an issue let's redirect let's try something else and if it happens over and over let's think about other solutions now if it happens over and over the guy should go to his doctor because a he may be on the wrong medication Or B, he may uh, have like a real issue, you know, like he may need to go to a urologist because he has some sort of prostate issue, God forbid, or something is wrong. Also, he may be really depressed, which is when libido goes down as well. And also, like, men are people, you know, (laughs) and if your marriage is trash, then, like, he's also not probably going to be able to get an erection unless he's totally dissociated from his emotion. So if he's an avoidant guy, then your marriage could be, like, a total catastrophe, and you guys could be on the precipice of divorce, and he'll still be able to have sex with you endlessly because his penis and his brain don't even talk. But if he's a guy who's more in touch with his emotions, ironically, he'll be less able to perform if your marriage is more uh, distressed because he will feel like you don't love him or even like him. And it's very hard to perform with a woman that you feel like is very critical and just doesn't love you anymore. And then, of course, the elephant in the room 
if there are continued erectile issues, he may not be attracted to you. And that is just kind of a thing, you know, and it's usually not the reason, but sometimes it is the reason. So that's at that point, if there's recurring erectile dysfunction and you've ruled out any medical cause, including low T, by the way, which is why you should go to an endocrinologist. If your urologist says everything is dandy, of course, they'll refer you themselves. I don't need to tell you on this podcast how to like treat like a medical issue because <laughs> like I'm not a doctor. But, um, but you know, if there's no urological or endocrinological or psychological or, you know, issue, then it could also be that he's just not uh, that attracted to you. And you could probably tell that because you probably know it on some level because uh, he's like not acting like he's that attracted to you the rest of the time either. And if that's the case, then that also needs an open kind of discussion because it's shitty for you to go into bed with somebody as a woman that's not attracted to you if you're in that situation. And it's also really, you know, kind of demoralizing for everybody involved and may point to, you know, that there need to be other things considered such as not going to bed with each other slash being in a relationship together because I never tell anybody to get into bed with somebody who um, isn't attracted to them you know and who they feel it's emanating from that person that they're not attracted to them anymore and or the person verbalized it because it's really demoralizing you know so like you don't need to put yourself in that sort of situation. So, um, and you can refer back to, I've had a lot of podcasts about attraction that talk about this too. So to sum up, this should be treated like any other issue. We should be able to talk about it openly, brainstorm. There should be other solutions. I have an article about diversifying your sex life portfolio for long-term success that talks about that the penis just is not going to perform endlessly how it did when the man was 25 or 35, when it's 45, 55, 65, 75. Um, And thinking that it will is just really a lot of hubris and or delusion. So, um, you know, father time comes for all of us. <laughs> and like you need to have other options in your arsenal for how to enjoy yourselves in bed without the erection, which like a phoenix magically does rise from the ashes uh, frequently when the woman has had an orgasm because the man is like, phew, I'm not a failure. I didn't fuck up. Like, you know, we all right. I didn't get hard, but you know, I still salvaged it somehow. And this also, it's super important then y'all to listen to my oral sex on women podcast because as I said in that podcast the guy who wrote the literal book on oral sex did it because his premature ejaculation problems he wanted to have another option smart man so um and and that and as a woman I told you as well or maybe not on that podcast but I think I've said a million times uh, a lot of women don't like oral sex on them so you need to learn how to get her off manually as well And I know that lots of you have the vibrator. I've talked about the vibrator. I think women get too addicted to the vibrator. Nobody would be cool with a man taking out a fake vagina and jerking off into it while she coos in his ear about something. So I do not see how a man would like to have the only way his wife get off be with a vibrator while he just like kind of hangs out or like does some low level unnecessary stimulation. So if that describes your sex life, then you probably want to like listen to this podcast together and be like, maybe God forbid we should leave the vibrator in the drawer one time and see if potentially we could reconnect and learn to give one another orgasms. Because if our plane ever crashed on a desert island without the vibrator, we would be fucked. (laughs) So we should not be dependent on that thing. Plus, 
plus, like, you feel a lot closer to your husband when he's the one who gave you the orgasm. Like, it's like an animal feeds closer, the, you know, feels closer to the person who feeds it. You know what I mean? Like, if, if a, it's like the robot baby experiment. Not robot baby, the robot mother experiment. The, there was the metal mother. This is the Harlow one with the baby monkeys. You know, the wire mother and then the soft mother. And it liked... Um, it didn't, oh, whatever. I don't want to talk about it. It's very sad with baby monkeys. But we are not baby monkeys in that experiment. Women are going to feel closer to the man that can give them an orgasm than the man who's like a bystander. And frequently the woman has psyched herself out and told herself that she can't get off with anything that isn't the vibrator. I saw a funny meme that like was about the woman's vibrator, like the batteries didn't work. And she's like, oh, hell no, I'm not going to do this analog shit, like meaning masturbating without the uh, vibrator. And that could be cool. Like, like for a single woman, but I am really big on that. If you need the constant arsenal of, um, you know, various vibrators and stuff, then you're probably not somebody who is like deeply engaged with teaching your partner how to please you. Frequently, women use the vibrator as like a way to say, all right, well, even though he doesn't know how to give me an orgasm, at least something can. But why doesn't he know how? He needs to be taught how to do that. Every woman isn't the same and he may have far less experience than you think. Guys who have one night stands with a lot of women uh, frequently learn how to please no women. Although they feel good about themselves, there's no woman at a one-night stand that's like, nah, a little to the right, a little to the left, a little this, a little that. Because I don't give a shit. They're wasted. Whatever. They're never going to see this guy again. So then these guys, they'll sleep with like 20 women for a one-night stand. And if they would have just slept with the same woman 20 times, they would be like a 2,000% better lover. But I digress. Anyhow, hope this gave you some interesting intel on the erectile issue and opened up a different uh, way to look at it and or gave you some concrete practical tips as well as on a meta level, uh, continuing to show you that there are very concrete, commonsensical sorts of ways to engage with sexual topics and that open discussion about sex within a relationship is really easy over time it's really hard at first but then it can get easy and it can be it can be transformative and can open up your relationship so you can actually talk about important stuff like this without fearing that you are going to deeply wound one another your sex life can be a work in progress that you guys are are like like it's like a project like you know these people that have like all the renovations all the time for the house but then like their sex life they don't talk about it at all like they'll talk about putting in a new floor like for like three months and go to like 15 stores about floors and then it's like in the same couple they will not talk about here's how you could give me a better orgasm which would make them 10,000 times happier than having the perfect flooring so that is my um, one of my myriad analogies some of which are more successful than others and I hope everybody has a great day and clicks on subscribe